Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So I'm going to do something just a little bit weird here for a minute, but I hope it's fun. I think it's fun for me. I hope it's fun for all of you. I want to talk about the Georgia quarterback situation, and we're starting to see some of like the national media types start to kind of weigh in on this a little bit. And I saw kind of an off-the-wall take that I don't know if this turns out to be true, nor do I know if it's even you know within the realm of possibility of what might happen. But I do think it sets us up for a good conversation to have today. One of the things I love, I love bold predictions. And eventually we'll do some bold predictions probably around here. I like to share my own bold predictions. I like hearing your bold predictions. And here's the thing about a bold prediction. A bold prediction is not necessarily something that will come true. It's sort of the wildest thing you can imagine that might come true. Do you understand the difference there? That if I predict Georgia to win the national championship that's not necessarily a bold prediction for 2023 given the fact they have won the last two it may be a prediction it may turn out to be accurate but a bold prediction would be say Oklahoma wins the national championship that'd be more of a bold prediction because it's a little bit more wild it's a little bit more out there and I think the thought with a bold prediction is is that you get a little bit of grace that if you're willing to really kind of put yourself out there on something crazy, then I think it kind of comes with a assumption sort of baked into the discussion that uh, that you fully acknowledge that this is kind of a wild scenario and you just simply want the credit if you're right, but you don't necessarily want the blame if you're wrong. And that's kind of the realm of which like sort of bold predictions live. But here's what we know. College football has the longest offseason of any other sport. It is also the sport that we love. And so, therefore, we're all kind of trying to do whatever we can to kind of manage the time between now and the moment in which we start playing games again way, way many months from now in September. And bold prediction type stuff is one of the ways in which we sort of do that. So with that in mind, there's a guy named Brad Crawford. I don't know Brad. I don't really know uh, you know who he is necessarily, but he writes for twenty four seven sports. He had one of these like sort of bold prediction columns up at the uh, website twenty four seven sports, and one of the things he said about the Georgia quarterbacks kind of got my attention, and I found it to be interesting enough that I thought, hey, maybe we ought to bring this on the show and talk about it for a couple of minutes here. Obviously, you know the backstory. Stetson Bennett's been the Georgia starter now for the last two years and really a, a good portion of the 2020 season there as well. So Georgia has a big change to make a quarterback after having won the last two national championships with Stetson Bennett. And what Georgia does to replace Stetson is going to be a hot topic in college football here this year. And according to Brad Cross, he thinks that Kirby might deliberate over this decision for a little while here. In fact, let me read to you from 24-7 Sports recently what Brad Crawford said about the Georgia quarterback spot. I think this is interesting. He says, I have an inkling that Georgia's 2023 schedule is so favorable by SEC standards that the Bulldogs are going to have time to tinker with who best suits the role for QB1 for several weeks prior to knowing the guy for the rest of the way. Meaning eventually you have to land on who your guy is, but you got some time to get ready for all that. Uh, Crawford goes on to say, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Beck, Vandegriff, and Stockton each start at least one game this fall for the defending national champions. That's a bold prediction. Brad Crawford, 24-7 Sports. I think that is interesting that he says he believes that Georgia will start all three of its quarterbacks at least once this year as a way of kind of having an on-the-job audition for who the eventual starting quarterback might be between Stetson Bennett, I should say between Carson Beck and Brock Vandegriff and Gunnar Stockton. Now, I don't know that I necessarily think this is going to be the way this plays out, but I also don't know that there won't be something like this that kind of emerges. After all, as Brad Crawford correctly points out, Georgia was supposed to go on the road to Oklahoma. You were supposed to have that marquee non-conference game. The SEC asked Georgia to cancel that game. And so, therefore, you end up replacing Georgia. you got a non-conference schedule that's the likes of UAB and Tennessee Martin and Ball State. This is as unimpressive a September schedule as I think that Georgia's likely ever played. And the excitement you had last year of playing a team like Oregon, the excitement you had the year before that of playing a team like Clemson, there just is none of that for 
this particular year. And while that's a little bit, I don't know, annoying or, or disappointing, whatever the word you want to use is, it is also for Georgia, as Brad Crawford there points out, a potential opportunity that you also don't have to worry about like one of these games where ooh, you need to know who your quarterback is. You need to be firing on all cylinders because you don't want to lose your one big non, you know, sort of marquee non-conference game. You want to make sure that you are you know, at your best in a situation like that. And so therefore, hey, maybe you take this September schedule, which is a little bit of a, you know, a letdown for fans who love seeing Georgia play big games. Maybe you use it as a way of really identifying, you know, what, you know, what back Vandergriff and Stockton all bring to the table. After all, didn't Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh do some version of, of this last year? And some Georgia fans may come back and say, yeah, but that's corny Jim Harbaugh. You know, Kirby Smart would never do anything, you know, you know, quite as corny as that. But I guess my question would be, when it comes to giving these guys some actual time to play, uh i don't necessarily mean hey it's your turn to start this week and it's your turn to start i don't necessarily mean that but when it comes to saying we're going to take our competition into the season we're going to give you a chance to show what you're all about i mean you may not like jim harbaugh having done this but you know nick saban's done this plenty even going back to the time which kirby smart was there on staff sort of did this in 2014 sort of did this in 2015 where you know well into september they were still trying to figure out who their starting quarterback was so in a roundabout way kirby smart's been a part of coaching staffs that certainly used that first month of the season to figure out the quarterback spot now in the case of nick saban in alabama it cost him a game probably against Ole miss in 2015 but but nonetheless didn't cost him a national championship they still won that you know that season so the point is it's not unheard of to necessarily take a competition into the year and if you really if you really think about this from the standpoint of like a back or a vandergriff or stockton guys who've in the case of vandergriff and back they've now been here multiple years you know the one thing that if you if, if we could interview them right now sit them here on the desk and say hey what do you want out of this season what do you want out of your time at georgia what do you want from your college experience I think the one thing these guys might kind of say is, I just sort of want a chance. I want an opportunity to show what I'm all about. Well, if you did give them a, a chance to play, or as Brad Crawford suggests, maybe a chance to start, in a roundabout way, isn't that sort of doing right by these quarterbacks here, guys who who I think in their own way bring something unique and interesting into this quarterback competition? I don't know if it plays out this way, but I, I think it's kind of an interesting idea on this, and I think it's kind of a, a good opportunity for us to kind of go back and listen to some of what Kirby Smart has said about this stuff in the past. In fact, let's go back to last summer where Kirby was on that uh, Crane and Company show. Uh, he made a, uh, an appearance there, and the subject of the quarterback room came up. Obviously, at the time, this still included Stetson Bennett, but it was also Carson Beck. It was also Brock Vandegrift, and it was also Gunnar Stockton. When you go back and listen to what Kirby said about quarterbacks last summer, well, I think you get a little bit of an interesting insight into kind of how Smart viewed the level of quarterback depth that Georgia had. And now all these guys are just about to be a, a year older from when Kirby Smart spoke this. But this is what Kirby said about his quarterback depth going back to uh, last summer. Take a listen to this. I would easily say this is the, the best when you take a picture of the whole room, top to bottom, those four guys that are going to meet in that quarterback room in fall camp, uh, the most depth we've ever had, um, especially the most depth uh kind of like the guys that I know and trust can play the position. You know, they've Brock's been through a, a couple springs now. Carson Carson's been through a couple springs. I've got to see him in spring games. I've got to see him in game action. Uh you get to see these guys really compete and grow. And obviously we know Stetson's played in a lot of football games from what we saw last year. And uh Gunner had some promising stuff in the spring. So I, I really am excited about where those guys are so when you hear Smart saying that, he's talking about the entirety of the depth, saying good things about a lot of the guys who were there, you know, Gunnar Stockton and, and, and kind of highlighting the collective talent in the room, maybe not just putting the spotlight solely on Carson Beck, who a lot of folks believe might be the heir apparent to, uh, to Bennett at quarterback. In fact, here's a little bit more from Kirby Smart on the, from the same interview on the quarterback situation at Georgia. Kirby, one more time. What do I need to see? I need to see them continue to develop. Um, take on that leadership role. You know, we've tried to put those four guys in front of the team or maybe in front of their individual uh, age groups uh, more often. Mm -hmm. We want to see them develop. We want to see them get ready to play. And you don't ever know when your number's going to be called at quarterback. We've seen that here really over the last three or four years yep. um, because we've seen a different quarterback emerge um, from maybe who the season starter was a couple times. So I'm excited about those guys. They've got great ability and 
think Coach Munkin and the, the, the staff does a great job with them. Interesting point from Smart there. Obviously, if you go back to the start of the 2021 season, everybody thought JT Daniels was Georgia's quarterback. But by the end of the year, it's Stetson Bennett was really on no one's radar prior to the year beginning that actually led Georgia to the national championship. All the more reason to maybe be fully aware of what you have with all of these guys in terms of you know, maybe giving them some of that time in September. Whether you, you know, really say, hey, this guy gets to start, this guy gets to start, this guy gets to start. You know, maybe it doesn't have to be quite so, you know, perfectly divided like that, but at least saying, hey, everybody's going to get a chance to play and everybody's going to get a chance to show what they're about. Maybe there's an element of that, which is just kind of fair. And in fact, if you're reading between the lines from me on this, here's what I think that you can probably conclude from what I'm saying. This is what I think my opinion is on this. There are a lot of people who think this job belongs to Carson Beck. One of those guys may even be Kenny McIntosh. McIntosh was quoted by our buddy Mike Griffith at dognation.com. Uh, McIntosh says, I believe that Carson Beck will have to be that leader. You also got Kendall Milton and, uh, and Javon Dumas Johnson there on defense. But offensively, Carson's going to have to step up, be the leader, earn the trust. That was a quote that uh, Kenny gave Mike going back to the Senior Bowl last week. You're left to conclude from that that McIntosh seems to think that Carson Beck is going to be the next quarterback. And, and maybe he will be. He was obviously number two here this year. But in a roundabout way, I sort of don't think it's going to be quite so simple. In other words, I, I don't think this is going to be one of those things where, hey, Bennett was your starter the last two years. Now it's just simply passing the baton to the next guy in line. Carson Beck is that next guy. Beck takes that baton and never looks back. Somehow, some way, I don't quite think it's going to be as simple as that. Beck may eventually be the starter. He may be a very good one, and he may lead this offense to some of the same uh, level of success that it was at with Stetson in the last couple of years. It's entirely possible that Carson Beck is a very, very good quarterback. However, I would also suggest it's, to me, likely that the competition for Beck to emerge, if he does, is going to be intense. And I would give Brock Vandegrift a chance to win this job. I would give Gunnar Stockton a chance to win this job. In fact, I would give both those guys, guys we haven't seen play quite as much as we've seen Carson play, I'd give both those guys a chance to perform well enough in spring practice during this offseason time and summer practice that maybe the quarterback job doesn't feel fully decided when Georgia begins play to start the 2023 season in September. That doesn't necessarily mean that Brad Crawford's bold prediction ends up being right and all three guys get a start, but could more than one guy get a start? Could three guys be a part of a battle, and could we eventually have a little bit of a topsy-turvy surprise winner? I'd say anything is possible when it comes to this conversation for Georgia in 2023. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Meriwether and Tharp, and glad to have you with us. Whether you join us 945, first and 15, dognation.com, Dog Nation app, 10 a.m. after that, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, we're on the radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref, and we are available as a podcast wherever you find them, Apple, Spotify, everything else in between. And a big thanks to our friends at Merriweather and Tharp for making it all possible. You know, last Friday, I had a great chance to have a great lunch with Bob Tharp from Merriweather and Tharp. I love the fact that uh, his organization still you know, continues to do so well, really thriving and serving people in a time of need. Bob's also just a great guy and fun to talk to him about everything kind of going on in his life. We had a delicious lunch. Frankly, we were right there at the uh, Marlowe's in Avalon. I had a very, very nice lunch uh, last week with Bob. Great to catch up with him. And I continue to be so proud to be able to recommend them to people, as I said before, who might be in a time of need. Because if you are in a divorce situation, and many of you are, or some of you kind of know you will be, you know how challenging that can be. It's frankly, it's scary. It's confusing. There's a lot of negative emotions that probably come your way when you're in a situation like that. And sometimes when it comes to some of the hard things in life, the only way out of it is to go through it. And this may be one of those things for you where, hey, I got to get through this to be happier and better on the other side, that next season of my life, you know, set up for, uh, for for happier times. And so if that's your situation here where you know this is an unavoidable reality, all the more reason, all the better reason to have a strong advocate by your side as you deal with all that. Someone like our friends at Meriwether and Tharp who understand the law, how it can be leveraged for your benefit, and they want to help explain that to you. And I really believe that when it comes to a great you know, lawyer, an expert in the law when it comes to the divorce process, the ability to explain all this stuff to you is one of the most important skills there. 
and obviously that's something that Meriwether and Tharp is very much about, including that free initial consultation you're going to be able to have with one of their attorneys. So please reach out to them online. It's the Atlanta Team.com. That's the website, the Atlanta Team.com. That'll get you in touch with Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Make sure you check them out today if uh, you need to. All right. So we're going to get Terrence Edwards here coming up in just a moment. That's going to be a fun conversation. Prior to that, though, let's get ready to go around the doghouse. And I come bearing bad news. Now, this may be worse news for me than it is for all of you. So let me be self-serving for like two seconds. Then I promise I'll kind of broaden the topic here. So I have a little bit of vacation coming up starting next Friday. So, you know, obviously we love what we do around here. I love the college football season. And then shortly after the season, when the kind of the hay is in the barn for signing day and things like that, try to plan a week to go be with my family and sort of unplug from all of this. And I intentionally plan my vacation week somewhere in kind of the middle of February for the simple point that, hey, that's likely to be the time in which all the news is sort of stop happening. We got some kind of quiet time. It's sort of like the calm before the storm before spring practice begins, but you're sort of far enough removed from the end of the previous season. That sort of mid-February time is typically a pretty good time to sort of sneak away for a week, enjoy some time with family, recharge the batteries, and just sort of do you know things like that. And yet here we are now with me slated to pre-record some shows starting next Friday and then running the uh, the week after that. And there is a very good chance that the Todd Munkin situation, by the time I leave to go on vacation, I guess there's at least some chance that's not fully resolved yet. And I'm very frustrated about that. And even if you're not me and you don't have a vacation coming up, you're probably still at least a little bit annoyed by the fact that you know, whether Munkin makes the decision to leave, stay, you know, whatever else, whether he gets, you know, the NFL job off or whatever else, the fact this thing is sort of lingering for a little while is probably starting to be a, a little bit irritating to some of you. And as I said before, I come bearing bad news that it certainly seems like the open scenario there with the Baltimore Ravens is likely to linger here a little while longer. Let me show you this. Adam Schefter, probably the number one NFL insider on Twitter. He's got millions of followers. Schefter tweeting out to his followers yesterday, uh, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy remains a prime candidate for the offensive coordinator job with the Washington Commanders and the Baltimore Ravens. That is per sources. So what this means is, is that the coordinator working with one of the teams in the Super Bowl this Sunday when that concludes, is likely looking to do, which is very unorthodox in the NFL world. You don't see a lot of lateral coaching moves in the NFL. In fact, I think at one point in time they were even prohibited, right? But um, but you don't see a ton of lateral coaching moves in the NFL. But Biennium is considering making one of those. He wants to be a head coach, wants to get out from Andy, Andy Reid's shadow so he can do that. And one of the teams that he is interested in is the Baltimore Ravens. We showed you some you know fan data the other day that he's the top choice of Ravens fans apparently to get that job. But regardless of what the fans think, uh, Biennemi is serious about this. Uh, Schefter puts that out there. The Ravens apparently going to be involved with him here too, which means that none of this can even start happening until after the Super Bowl is over on Sunday. So for Georgia fans kind of waiting to sort of figure out what is happening here in the uh, Todd Munkin situation, for Georgia fans trying to figure that out, you know, my bad news to you today is is it's going to probably be you know a few days post-Super Bowl at the earliest before the Monk and Baltimore situation is rectified, you know, kind of one way or another. So keep that in mind. Now, people have asked me, well, B.A., is this a distraction for Georgia? Is this causing a problem for Georgia to not have an offensive coordinator in place? Now, what I have said about that is I actually don't think it really is, that we're still well ahead of the start of spring practice. You know, Georgia's recruiting efforts, think about some of the stuff we've heard from Dylan Rayola as of late or the stuff we've heard from Deuce Robinson as of late. They're both, you know, very well aware of the the Munkin situation, but it doesn't seem like Munkin's presence one way or another has changed too much about Georgia's pursuit of these guys. Georgia may win those battles, they may not, but the best sense that I can get from some of the reporting that Jeff Sintel has done is that Munkin is not necessarily the deciding factor one way or another. And if you can say that that's maybe true for Deuce, or maybe true for Ayola, then I think you can also say that might be true as well for other offensive recruits that Georgia's pursuing here at the moment. In other words, 
It doesn't seem to be having a negative effect on you on the recruiting trail, although recruits are certainly aware of it. Uh, you're still well ahead of the start of uh, spring practice here, and so you're not really kind of in a football time of year. You're more of a weight room, Scott Sinclair time of year. I have said that I don't believe this is a distraction for Georgia and the fact this has kind of gone on a little longer than some fans want. I don't believe it is a problem yet, but fair and balanced here. When I asked former Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm about this on Tuesday, if he thought it was a problem, Fromm did have some very interesting things to say about as a quarterback how he would feel about not exactly knowing who his offensive coordinator is going to be. Fromm obviously is you know closer to this topic than I am, so his words carry a lot of weight. This Jake Fromm from Tuesday. Look, I, I think this is kind of a big deal. Maybe I'm I'm speaking from a quarterback perspective, but uh, whoever's the offense we're running, like I want to know. Uh, and I want to get that playbook as fast as I can and being able to learn as much as I can before spring practice because I need those reps. I need to go ahead and take as many mental reps as I can, get good with the verbiage, get good with the language, uh, and be able to have my own side practices with these guys uh, to get done what needs to get done before we ever step on the grass and have a spring practice. So I think this is kind of a big deal, and, and hopefully it doesn't linger on too long. Uh, obviously, I would love to see Coach Munkin stay here at Georgia because I think who he is and what he's done and what he's going to continue to do here um, is, is super beneficial for the program uh, and Coach Smart and whoever's going to be playing quarterback. So I think Fromm's words there carry a lot of weight. He's obviously a wise guy. I don't mean a wise guy. I mean a wise person. He's obviously a wise guy there. And he says, listen, if I'm a, if I'm a quarterback, I want to know the verbiage. I want to know the stuff for my offensive coordinator going into spring practice. So – so from that standpoint, maybe it is true that having this resolved sooner rather than later is better. I guess you could also take from this there as well, which is, well, if that's if what Fromm is saying is true, and it very well might be, then very likely Kirby Smart knows that as well. And so for a lot of Georgia fans who kind of wonder, well, if Munkin does leave, which you have to admit is a possibility, if Munkin does leave, then maybe Georgia understands you can't make you know crazy wholesale changes to an offense prior to the start of spring practice when you got three young quarterbacks all looking to emerge for the first time here and their time spent in the system is part of what they're going to lean on as a way of potentially trying to emerge as the starting quarterback maybe it's an indication that Georgia doesn't plan on making a lot of changes to its situation prior to spring practice you know we know with if Munkin does indeed decide to leave we know this is one of those things that's been kind of true for Alabama now maybe that has hurt Alabama in terms of trying to hire a coordinator this year but for a good while now it seems like Alabama has kept a lot of the verbiage and the, the calls in place, the offense, basically saying our offensive coordinator might change. You know, Brian Dable leaves, Mike Loxley leaves, Steve Sarkeesian leaves. Our offensive coordinator might change, but our offense is going to stay the same. You know, maybe there's a version of that that's also kind of emerging to be true for Georgia here, too, in the event that Munkin leaves. Either way, very, very interesting stuff from Jake Fromm kind of weighing in on that topic. We'll make that around the doghouse. Now, I'm going to bring on Terrence Edwards here prior to that. Let me also remind you, you have, I believe, two days left now to register for your chance to win a giveaway on the Dog Nation cruise, courtesy of our friends at Kroger. So if you go to dognation.com, it is literally, boom, right at the top of the page. You can click in. You can register for your chance to win. It's a stateroom for up to two people. It's a hotel room there in Port Canaveral the night before the cruise leaves on April 23rd. It's a gas card to help you get there. It's some onboard credit for you to enjoy while you're on Independence of the Seas. It's all courtesy of our friends at Kroger, an amazing giveaway. Kroger heard about the fun we were going to have on this Dog Nation cruise and said, we want to be a part of this. Uh, there as well so Kroger giving this away dognation.com the place you go for your chance to win all you need to do just tell us your best moment your most enjoyable moment from the 2022 season that's how you register for your chance to win you have between now and Friday to do that which is obviously tomorrow and then we're going to choose a winner at random we'll announce them here on a show and that's obviously going to be a lot of fun so a little bit of time to uh, get involved on this register for your chance to win at dognation.com today the deadline is tomorrow now all of that said let's talk to terrence edwards here right now dog nation daily presented by merriweather and tharp from athens and across the sec or wherever the recruiting trail may lead here's a dognation.com insider Let's bring on Terrence Edwards here, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp today. Terrence, we just heard a little bit from Jake Fromm there a moment ago. It seems like this Todd Munkin situation is going to linger here a little bit, that 
whatever the Baltimore Ravens is going to are, are going to do with their coordinator hire not going to be decided apparently until after Eric Bieniemy uh, is officially a candidate for this job which is obviously post Super Bowl on Sunday so I'll ask you you know if if you're a Georgia player you're obviously a wide receiver but for anybody in this offense you know this time of year with with uncertainty with your offensive coordinator either you don't know if Mungin's coming back or if he is leaving you don't know necessarily right now who his replacement might be is this a problem or is this just no big deal at all because you're so far removed before the start of next season that that players are only thinking about weight room and getting stronger and getting more athletic and you know that that you know whatever Todd Munkin is or isn't doing just simply isn't that big of a deal because of where we are in the calendar as a former player yourself how would you feel about that? I think it's a little bit of a problem right now. I know right now there's not a lot of meeting times with your positional coaches. It's a lot more the head coach, Nine St. Clair. He, he's the one who's running the show in the weight room and getting the players physically ready to perform in the spring, getting their bodies back right. There's a lot. There's a long season. I mean, they play, what, 15 games. So their, their bodies uh, need to be refreshed and reprogrammed. So – uh, there are not a lot of going on with your position of coaches, but there's a. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of chatter behind closed doors. Is is he going to be here? Or is he not? We all have seen the impact of Todd Monk and what he has, you know, done for our program. So I'm pretty sure the players, you know, have is is just wondering what is going to happen uh, with Coach Monk. And I think the longer it lingers, that the longer that he may be. He's leaning towards to take an NFL job, and uh, I that's what I get of it from it. Uh, it could be that he's negotiating behind closed doors with Georgia to get more money, um, but I would like as a player to hear something pretty soon of what he's going to do. There seems to be some chatter out there, maybe some assumptions being made that if Munkin were to move on, the guy that would replace him is someone that's already on staff, Mike Bobo. This is a guy that you know well, going back to your time as a Georgia player, although I guess uh, Bobo was still very, very early in his coaching you know, tenure at that point in time. What, you, you were a freshman in 98, is that right, Terrence? So you just missed playing with him and I guess kind of worked with him a little bit when he was first kind of getting started as a coach. But beyond that, um, how would you feel if Mike Bobo is tabbed as the potential replacement if Munkin were to choose to move on? So, yes, I missed him and my brother, actually, you know, yeah. Georgia together and uh, finished together. So I missed them by a year. Uh, I, Bobo was the quarterback coach under Coach Rick before he got promoted to offense coordinator. So he was on the staff uh, on that 2002 run and before. And right now, this is what I, I think. This is what uh, – it's going to happen, in my opinion. And I know a lot of people have their mixed emotions about uh, Bobo, but that was ages ago. If you go and look at his Colorado State teams, they were up in the tops in scoring at Colorado State, knowing he didn't have the type of talent that he had at Georgia. And then there goes the point of it's so late in the game. Do you want a uh, inexperienced quarterback trying to learn a new system throughout the spring and then trying to implement that in the fall. Uh, so I would say I, I just think just keeping the same system. I know Bobo has been there now for two years up on the Munkin and, and got a clear understanding of this offense. Um, he would have all spring, uh, all summer, and then beginning the fall to add his touches to it throughout his, his coaching tenure. But I just think having the continuity of the same playbook would go a long way with Carson Beck or whoever is the quarterback. And I know people will want to go outside and not want Bobo, but you got to step back and think about having a new quarterback in a system uh, that everyone has to learn. Everyone, that's offensive linemen, that's coaches, that's everyone has to learn a new system in a short period of time. So I think just keeping the cohesiveness of the, the coaching staff and the coaching staff has a clear understanding of what Munkin like, what the players like, what they didn't execute well, what they need to do moving forward. I think just keeping that cohesiveness is where they need to go. 
Speaking of quarterbacks, we were talking about them before you joined us here today. There was a, a guy that suggested, hey, maybe Georgia should start all three guys at some point in time in September since Georgia doesn't play really anybody of note anyway. And I don't know if they'll do that, nor do I know if they should, like actually designate three different starting quarterbacks. But taking the competition into the season, giving all three guys a chance to show what they can do on the field, there's an element of that to me, Terrence, that just sort of seems fair. Now, maybe Carson Beck, who's sort of thought to be the number two quarterback and therefore the first in line to be the starter for now, maybe he just blows everybody away and maybe this becomes a moot point because he's literally so good. There is at least a chance that could happen. But I said this before you joined us today. I sort of have a sneaking suspicion that there's going to be some drama at some point. I don't mean like negative drama. That's kind of a, a loaded word. I just sort of mean at some point, I think there's likely to be some mystery about who the Georgia starting quarterback is going to be. And so therefore giving them a, some time to show what they're about on the football field sort of feels like the right thing to do there. So let me let you take this wherever you want to. Do you think Carson Beck's going to make it look easy and just be the starting quarterback? Do you think guys like Brock Vandergriff and Gunnar Stock are going to be heard from here? And how do you feel about using kind of a soft schedule early as a way of taking this competition actually into the season? I, you know, that's going to be the interesting storyline going into the season. I don't think uh, Kirby and company probably wouldn't would not name a starter until going into that first game, and we might not even know who the starter would be uh, until that quarterback runs on the field for the very first snap. I think it's an open competition. I think uh, uh, Beck is going to get the first snaps, but I think it's going to be an equal competition, and it's going to be everything is going to be targeted. It, I, I mean, I've been in situations where, you know, it, it goes all the way till the first game. I can remember David Green and Corey Phillips yeah. battling out. And uh, it took more than the spring practice. It, it took the summer. And it took still fall camp for Coach Rick to kind of really land on David Green. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, with the soft schedule early, I think all quarter, all especially if one does not uh, separate himself from the others, uh, we may use those first couple of games to kind of see who handles the pressure of being the, the starting quarterback, probably for the number one ranked team and the back-to-back -back, uh, national attempts. And you have to follow Stetson Bennett's footsteps. That's yeah. a lot of pressure on these on these guys. So I've liked what I've seen from Carson Beck in minimum action. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, I just, I just I hope to get Gunnar Stockton. I just think he has some things that you can't teach. And it's not just it's physical. It's just that being that tough football player that yeah. the team will galvanize around because his his playing style is like a Mac Duggan that he, he would take on linebackers in the hold if it's third and one. Uh, we could run quarterback power with him. The zone read game will be there uh, a little bit more than Stetson because I think he he is built like a Mac truck. I just I just said something about Gunner that I like, and at some point I can't wait to see him play. I think that's exactly right. When I saw Gunner in high school, toughness is the word I've used there a good number of times as well. And that's not for me to say that I think Gunner's going to be the quarterback right now. I don't have an opinion on that necessarily, other than the fact that I do believe that toughness is a pretty valuable commodity to have when it comes to a quarterback competition like this. So I think that you're 100% right. And I guess, Terrence, the other thing I would kind of say on all of this is, is that I feel like we know a good bit about Carson Beck because he was the number two last year. And I feel like there's a certain sense that I get of what Gunnar Stockton's all about, in addition to having seen him in high school, from the standpoint that he got some praise as the scout team quarterback and some things like that. To me, and I've said this a million times in the show, the weirdest thing to be, it seems to me, is the number three quarterback because you never quite really have a defined role, right? It's like you're not getting number two reps. You're not being treated as the guy who'll go in if the starter gets injured, but you're also not that scout team quarterback who's constantly battling against the Georgia defense, which probably sucks while you're doing it, but is a great training ground for you know you know future you know time on the football field that number three guy just seems like he's in a less defined role so the guy I'm probably the most interested in this spring is Brock Vandergriff for that very reason because I feel like I know less about what Vandergriff is bringing to the table because I feel like I don't really understand his role quite as well so if that's a guy we see a lot of on G-Day or if that's one of those guys that got some playing time this September I would be fascinated by that because as it stands right now of these three Georgia quarterbacks, he's the one I feel like I know the least about, at least since he's left high school. 
Right, and I think he's, he has all the tools as well. He's a big kid with a big live arm. I've watched him. He's a, he's a coach's son, so I'm pretty sure he understands football and has been taught football and the football the right way for a long time. So I'm not counting uh, Brock Van de Griff out. I think we have three capable quarterbacks. It's just something about watching Gunner up close and personal when I was at Pace Academy and we yeah. played him twice a year. Just something about him. And I can remember um, that Thomas County, Thomasville game that they lost his senior year. I don't saw on TV like his nose is bloody and they couldn't get him out. Like Absolutely. you're going to have to bloody his nose to get him out. And one thing I like about him that you know, being, being talked about, he has that X factor. I think the story went that he went to Kirby Smart to take the the non-contact jersey off against TCU so he could emulate Matt Duggan. Like, he is that team player, and he's going to do anything possible in his in his body to to get the team over the top, get the team to win. So it's just something about him that I'm intrigued about because I saw him up close and personal. A really good kid, really good family. And uh, it's just going to be interesting to see how the quarterback battle shake out. Boy, you are right about that, Terrence. Let me change the subject here for a moment. Wide receiver situation. I talked last Friday in the show that I feel like Ladd McConkey coming back is a storyline that probably has not gotten enough attention as of yet. This is a guy who brings back you know, 700 plus yards receiving and in keeping with, you know, Bowers coming back, who I sort of think of, you know, as much of wide receivers as anything, just because of how prolific a pass catcher he is. Marcus Roseme Jackson coming back for whoever is this new starting quarterback for Georgia. How valuable is it to have what I think of is about as much returning production in the wide receiver situation when you also bring in, you know, SEC ready transfers like we think Ra Ra and certainly Dominic Lovett. Like, how valuable is it for Georgia to have this experience returning at the receiver and pass catching positions here for this upcoming year? That's, that's going to be big. And, and just like you said, I, th- I think uh, with, with Lab McConkey coming back, uh, they just give the new quarterback an experience. Uh, reliable, uh, the quarterback would be comfortable and confident throwing to lad. So just having that familiarity from the quarterback position with Brock, uh, with Marcus, with having Ra Ra coming in, having Lovett coming in. So you're going to have some pass catchers uh, that's very familiar with college football. Uh, and I think that group would be very talented. I love uh, Dominique Lovett coming in from Missouri. I think he's going to take the slot position to another level that we haven't had uh, in a while. I know uh talked about uh, Isaiah McKinley, and I think he's going to be even better than that. Uh, Rob Rob brings a, a – hopefully everything works out in, in his favor, in uh, experience um, that him and Marcus St. Uh, Jack can, can lock down that X position, have Ladd at the Z, and then you just have your utility guy in Brock. And you still have Dylan Bell and the young guys, Arian Smith. So this is a deep, deep crew. And, again, if you look at the, the guys that we brought in, the focus was straight line speed, downfield speed, and the guys that we brought in definitely have that. One of the things we've talked about a lot this week is the uh, retirement of A.J. Green, a true all-time great at uh, Georgia. Terrence, you love the wide receiver position. You are a great wide receiver in your own right. Uh, what does A.J. Green's career mean to you? Uh, proud, proud. I, I, you know, known AJ for a long time. I can remember when um, he committed to us as a junior and never wavered. Uh, the first time that I actually saw AJ, I put on his film and he make that crazy spinning catch in high school. Yeah. So I knew then that this guy's special. He, he, and I saw him in the summer when he first got there. I was back in Athens. I just knew. You just could tell. When, when someone is special. And I say this all the time. In my opinion, A.J. is the most talented receiver that I've put on uh, that Georgia uniform. I think George Pickens, even though his career didn't go the way that we thought it would go, I think he's the 1B and just per talent, just born to play wide receiver. And, and people always say, Terrence, what about you? Then I, I will put myself at number two. And those are 1A, one one B, I put myself at number two because of my accomplishment. But talent-wise, those two guys, to me, in my opinion, are the most talented 
guys that have worn the Georgia uniform. Terrence, I love talking about this each and every week. You're always uh, such a great voice on Georgia football and just sort of football in general. And of course, you're doing a great job training folks each and every day there as well. And as you remind us, it is the TE Wide Receiver Academy. But TD, it doesn't stand for tight end. It stands for Terrence Edwards. So uh, remind folks so they can get involved and uh, be a part of some of the great coaching and training that you're doing this time of year. Yeah, you can find me at Terrence Edwards. That's TE. WR Academy on all social media platforms. <laughs> Terrence, good stuff. We'll look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. I, I got to tell you, I would invite you and really implore you, um, if I could be so bold, uh, to listen very, very carefully to what Terrence Edwards said about Gunnar Stockton. Listen to those words very, very carefully. This is a guy with no dog in the fight. This is a guy who's just a Georgia alumnus and just wants the best quarterback for UGA, right? There's no, there's no obvious, you know, uh, bias in place there. Terrence says there is something interesting. There's something about that. It's factor, I think, is the phrase they use when it comes to Gunnar Stockton. I would take that seriously. I really, really would. And that is not meant to disparage Brock Vandegrift, and it's not mis- meant to disparage uh, Carson Beck. It's just meant to be. One of those things kind of file away because Terrence is not the only one who's saying that. And, and if you're in, like, say, the Carson camp, because we have a lot of commenters who seemingly are, are, are big fans of Carson Beck because of what they believe he can be, what they think he can be. If you're a big Carson Beck fan, what Terrence saying, you should still hope it's true. You should still hope all of those words are true because here's what we know. Like we're about to have the uh, Waste Management Phoenix Open this week, best PGA Tour field thus far of the year. A great field, a great competition, oftentimes produces a great winner. And the same thing would be true for quarterback competition there as well. The quality of the Georgia quarterback is likely to be determined by the quality of the competition that produces that eventual starter. So you want Gunner to be special, whether he wins the job or not. You want him to be tough, whether he wins the job or not, because if someone other than Gunner emerges – that guy's got to be a little bit more special. He's got to be a little tougher. He's got to be a little more of whatever Terrence Edwards says that Gunnar Stockton is and other people have said about him there as well. So I just think that's interesting. I think it's worth filing away. It's worth noticing, and we'll kind of see uh, where it all goes from there. We've got some early playoff picks to give you here in a moment. Prior to that, though, let's go cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. By the way, speaking of Royal Caribbean, a lot of you know, I mentioned this earlier, got that vacation coming up. We are so close. I'm talking about countdown is on. Uh, it's kind of rainy here the last couple of days, uh, rainy today. I'm so excited about sunshine. I'm so excited about warm weather. I'm so excited about being all in the Caribbean, You know, going to some of these great locations, just really, really enjoying that. A lot of y'all know I can only handle so much cold weather for a while before I got to be on a beach somewhere. And that's what I get a chance to do coming up very, very soon. So I'm really, really excited about that. And I'm telling you, you can make your 2023 just as excited, uh, exciting as mine is right now by getting a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation booked. Many of you apparently still booking the Dog Nation cruise. At least some of you are. We'll uh, share that as part of our golden shoe a little bit later on. But uh, it's also a great time to start thinking about spring break cruises, heading towards the summer, something for the holidays. Or as you see on video there, how about January of 2024? We're now less than a year away from the debut of Icon of the Seas as well. Now, I love the fact that Royal Caribbean is always kind of pushing the envelope, setting a new standard when it comes to cruise vacations. You better believe Icon of the Seas is absolutely going to be an example of that. So many cool new neighborhood concepts. Uh, you have kind of like the family area, which is kind of a new thing, uh, kind of reimagining like where the aqua theater is going to be. You know, normally right now it's kind of on the aft of the ship, going to be more like in the center of this uh, ship. So if you're into cruises and things like that, or if you're kind of into, you know, some of the cool new changes on, on a cruise ship, there's a lot to explore when it comes to Icon of the Seas. We've had water slides on a ship now for a while, but really with Icon of the Seas, you're kind of debuting the very first ever like water park at sea. It's an amazing experience. And so my invitation to you is to find out more about it. Our good friend Jessica Slater. Now you can go to the website that she's made for our Dog Nation cruise. It's royaldogs.com. That's royaldogs.com. You can also give Jessica a call, 770-718-9147. That's 770-718-9147. All right. I like it when ESPN.com does the like, little roundtable discussions among their riders. It's almost like a group text, what it sort of feels like. And I like it when they do this. We'll probably kind of unpack some of this stuff in a, in a piece like this for, for a few days here. But they also have their playoff picks from their various 
you know, experts, whatnot. And listen, I don't know that I care necessarily about the individual opinion of any of these folks, but I do like when you see kind of like collective opinions form and you kind of judge the wisdom of crowds here just a little bit. And I find that to be interesting. Um, of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of the eight experts polled by ESPN, seven of them have George in the college football playoff, which I guess is no surprise. But how about David Hale? David Hale, who, you know, I don't really have an opinion about one way or another. Uh, David Hale has excluded George from his college football playoff. I mean, either even Heather Denich has George in the playoff. Like, how in the world is David Hale uh, going to not have George in when even, when even uh, Denich has uh, put in Georgia in this uh, particular situation. Uh, but David Hale doesn't, so I guess at some point in time we'll have to have him make his case for why Georgia's not making the playoff. Uh, but beyond that, let me tell you what I think is interesting. Now, like it's, it's eight people, each with four teams. It's sort of hard to like, you know, give this to you in a way that you can kind of process it. So let me sort of do it this way. Tons of Georgia, tons of Michigan, either Michigan or Ohio State or Michigan and Ohio State. So with a lot of ways, we sort of see the replica of what college football has kind of been. A lot of Georgia, Big Ten champ, the other Big Ten team, whether it be Michigan or Ohio State, they're kind of involved in this too. But also what I find to be interesting here is there is a lot of Pac-12 love, and it's sort of spread around a little bit. you got a USC, you got a USC, another USC. Uh, David Hill, by the way, has two Pac-12 teams. So the Pac-12, which hasn't made the playoffs since 2016, uh, is somehow going to have two playoff teams in uh, 2023. So uh, if David Hale really believes that, there are plenty of places he can go to make lots of money on his opinion. Uh, uh, Chris Lowe's got a USC. Uh, there's another USC, another USC. Uh, Adam Rittenberg's got Washington making the playoff. Bill Conley also has Oregon there as well. So of the eight ESPN experts polled here, um, Three different Pac-12 teams over the course of those predictions are predicted to make the playoff. Now, I do believe the Pac-12 this year is going to be much deeper than it has been in the past. The Pac-12 in 2023, I think, is going to likely feel a lot like maybe the Big 12 felt like a year ago, where it sort of seemed like, more often than not, there were some good games in the league, and it sort of seemed like, on balance, most of the teams were at least competitive. There are a lot of quarterbacks in the Pac-12 this year, and that could create something kind of interesting there, but... If we could do like a prop builder for a moment and I could give you either Pac-12 produces a playoff team or ACC produces a playoff team. Are you really taking Pac-12 over the ACC? Because I do not believe, if I'm looking at this correctly here, of the eight experts polled, I don't believe any of the ESPN experts have, a, have an ACC team making the playoff. And, you know, Florida State's one of those teams that sort of feels like we have one of those a lot where it's like, oh, this was the darling of the bowl season. This was the team that sort of took that big step one year. Can they come back and take it the next? Oftentimes they don't. But, I mean, in an individual matchup, I believe Florida State would beat every team in the Pac-12, USC included. I, I don't know that Florida State's one of the four best teams in the country, but I feel quite confident in saying that Florida State is better than any team in the Pac-12 is. Uh, which is not quite the same thing, but you get the point that I'm making. I'll also tell you this, and I don't, I mean, listen, I am months away from making a playoff thing. I can promise you that. I think that Garrett Riley being hired by Clemson is really interesting. Um, I think some of the stuff that has made Clemson feel less than the playoffs the last couple of years is likely not to be the case anymore. You know, Klubinick seems to have kind of emerged as a quarterback there. Garrett Riley's a pretty big time hire. And this is Clemson still getting a chance to beat up on a very weak ACC other than that, right? you got Clemson and, Flor and Florida State who are probably both pretty good teams. The rest of the ACC, I believe, is likely to still be pretty weak. That could be – I would just say don't give up on Clemson just yet. I, I, would, just, I would just suggest not giving up on Clemson just yet as a possible playoff team because you got to find four playoff teams somewhere. they got to be four somewhere. And these ESPN folks seem to, to to really believe in the Pac-12 right now. But in terms of actually making the playoff, I'm not quite so sure I'm ready to go there at that point in time. If USC is close, they will get the benefit of the doubt. I believe that last year. I believe that this year. I believe that any year. If USC is close, they will get the benefit of the doubt. But still, I think to see such unanimous support for the Pac-12 in comparison to the ACC is probably a little bit weird. And I guess I sort of say that for the Big 12 there too because – I think Oklahoma's going to be better this year. Uh, I, th I think there's a chance the freshman emerges at quarterback there. Um, uh, Jackson Arnold, I, I think that, I mean, look, 
I realize the whole Texas is back thing is a joke, but they can't be bad every year, right? I mean, so I, I think to see so much support for the Pac-12 at the expense of the Big 12 and certainly the ACC, at least when it comes to the top two teams, I think is probably a little bit weird. But here's the most weird thing of all, or I guess to be grammatically correct, the weirdest thing of all. Here's the weirdest thing of all. You have one, two, three, four, five, six. You have six of these eight who have two SEC teams making the playoff, Georgia and Alabama. And not a single one of these ESPN experts has picked LSU at all. Now, isn't that kind of interesting? There is a lot of Alabama love in here. A lot of people. I guess guess seven of the eight uh, experts overall have picked Alabama to make the playoff. Why is Alabama better than LSU? I mean, if if you're making Alabama make the playoff right now, you better have a just ream of data ready to tell me how come Ty Simpson's going to be a great quarterback. Because Jalen Milrow, if he's the starting quarterback, he's not leading Alabama to anything. He's just not. And so maybe Ty Simpson, the other kind of young quarterback waiting in the wings there, maybe he is really good. But if you can't show me on paper or show me on film or show me somewhere that Ty Simpson's the next whatever – I just can't buy the Alabama thing right now. And that's not the same thing as saying I don't I believe they're going to be bad. I'm not willing to tell you that. I'm just not quite sure how we get seven of eight ESPN experts picking Alabama to make the playoff, most of them along with Georgia. I'm not quite so sure how we get there in terms of the comparison with LSU. We're going to probably talk more about this at some point in time. I'd go so far as to say this. I believe the LSU has two quarterbacks better than anything Alabama has. Uh, Jaden Daniels and we saw Garrett Nussmeyer in the SEC championship I believe LSU has two quarterbacks better than anything that Alabama has in its roster and I don't know if Brian Kelly would do this but I think he might be smart to I think he should play them both I think the most interesting team you know storyline potentially kind of outside of Georgia in the SEC this year is what would happen if LSU played both Daniels and uh, Nussmeyer as a way to keep them both because if you don't start Nussmeyer he may transfer especially with the idea that Doug Nussmeyer may get a job here again uh at some point but um you keep both quarterbacks in place but you also play two quarterbacks that present two completely different game plans that may be a little bit hard for the offensive personnel for LSU but I would say it's especially hard for the defensive personnel trying to stop that I think if I'm an LSU fan here and I think I'm right about this I don't think they're not picked at all uh seven of the eight do pick Alabama six of the eight along with George of course David Hale the one outlier there apparently hates the dogs um but uh but if I'm an LSU fan I feel pretty slighted by this I do I do and what I saw from LSU Alabama on the field this year did not appear to be a fluke but according to these ESPN folks apparently it was at least in their mind will make that cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Now, speaking of lines and things like that, obviously this is a great weekend to open up that account with our friends at MyBookie because they got all the prop bets, all the stuff for the Super Bowl, or should say the big game coming up on Sunday. <laughs> they got all of that for you when you open your account there at MyBookie. So here's what you do. Just type in MyBookie on your internet browser, and it'll do the work for you. It'll get you there. Then after that, you can use the promo code DOGNATION, all one word, spelled the way it's supposed to be, D-A-W-G, uh, promo code DOGNATION to get the big deposit bonus from our friends at MyBookie. What that means is up to $1,000, whatever money you put into your account, MyBookie is going to put that same amount into your account for you. So you put in 600 bucks, they're going to put in 600 bucks. you got $1,200 in your account like right there before you even win your first bet. So you want some action down? Everybody lo- loves kind of getting a little action down in the Super Bowl. A great place to do that is with our friends at MyBookie. Open your account, get the big deposit bonus when you use the promo code DOGNATION. After that, you play, you win, you get paid. As I said before, we get the longest offseason of all here in uh, college football. And so we got to do something to kind of pass the time and, and enjoy ourselves until we get back playing college football again. Well, getting some action now with our friends at MyBookie is a great way to make every weekend fun, including the weekend coming up with the big game here this Sunday there as well. So find MyBookie online, promo code DOGNATION, get the big deposit bonus, enjoy the Super Bowl, play, win, get paid. They make it simple with our friends at MyBookie. It's winning season. Take advantage of it. Hope you enjoy that today. All right, a couple of golden shoes to uh, celebrate uh, here on the way out the door today. I mentioned our Dog Nation cruise a little earlier. Glad to see the roll call continuing of folks getting signed up for it. 
our buddy uh, Arnold Santiago checking in day, day, uh, there as well to say, B.A., after months of contemplation, we pulled the trigger. Go dogs! And you see the uh, tangible proof there, uh, courtesy of our friend Jessica Slater, Arnold Santiago on his way to the Dog Nation cruise. You can be like him, and you can be with all of us on board there. Independence of the Seas with Royal Caribbean. Can't wait for that. Glad to have Santiago's on board. What a great time that's going to be. And thanks to all of you who've let me know when you're going to be on board that cruise ship with us. It is going to be a great time. Speaking of great times, big game coming up on Sunday. Golden shoe related to that there as well. Someone sort of kind of figured out what I've been doing here as of late. Uh, Josh weighing in to say, uh, I think it's incredibly magnanimous of you to acknowledge another top historic school's possible accomplishment with Oklahoma's pride that Jalen Hurts could be a quarterback that wins the Super Bowl. He gives you hashtag go for three and 23, hashtag golden shoe. Yeah, we've been saying this the last couple of days. Obviously, those of us who are Georgia fans got the enjoyment last year of seeing a former Georgia quarterback like Matthew Stafford win the Super Bowl. We know how great that feels. And I know for Oklahoma on Sunday, it would just be such an accomplishment for them, as Josh uh, at Santy Thorne on Twitter points out. Such a, an accomplishment for them to see one of their favorite sons, uh, a former Sooner of renown like Jalen Hurts, uh, win the Super Bowl. I know how big a deal that'd be the Oklahoma community, and we do wish them well. And Josh, I appreciate you joining me in that, as you say, magnanimous gesture. We'll give you a golden shoe there for that. So the entire Sooner football community, I know, really looking forward to cheering on one of their own on Sunday. And I think that's a, a, a great thing to consider. So Josh, we appreciate you uh, joining in the feeling on that. Now, lousy stinking Gators, nothing to celebrate 261 days from right now it gets worse that is our gator hater countdown looking forward to the beatdown in jacksonville and also looking forward to enjoying the cocktail party <laughs> for what i'm guessing is probably one of the final times uh here eventually so for now we got it we're going to enjoy it and of course we'll see you back here tomorrow dog nation daily presented by merriweather and tharp and on the podcast time to have the rs andrews podcast cool down we'll take your comments here via twitter at dog nation daily comment section of dognation.com i read a good bit of twitter comments yesterday let me do some dognation.com stuff billy 2131 ways in to say going back to yesterday's show we talked about you know todd monken you know what the future holds whether or not kirby smart might be content to let him leave uh billy writes in to say kirby should have already come uh had a come to jesus conversation with monken either staying with uga or going to coach for a lousy uh, not for long club team. Uh, this is dragging out already into week three of Munkin waiting uh, on an offer from uh, you know, who knows what team. Therefore, Kirby is program uh, in, in limbo uh, where no one should ever want to be. Munkin, either make a, uh, a damn decision on whether you or your wife want to be dogs or pack your bags and ride into the sunset. So I don't know that I feel quite as strongly about that. You know, I would say that Todd Munkin is here to do a job. And you know the idea that he's not maybe as like sentimentally connected to UGA as I maybe feel like I am or are these other Georgia coaches feel like they are I'm sort of okay with that I mean I think there are a lot of Georgia players who maybe only view Georgia as a springboard to the NFL and they're here for kind of transactional reasons and listen I love the thought that everybody grew up cheering for Georgia the way that maybe Stetson Bennett did I that's kind of a fun thing to consider but if a Georgia player you know if that's not his backstory and he only came here because hey right now this is the best program and it's a good way for me to get to the nfl and whatever else well i still benefit from him being here so even if his you know reasons for choosing george aren't quite as sentimental as mine would be still good to have him and i guess i sort of feel the same way about todd monken too which is you know maybe there's you know a moment in which this sort of feels like it's dragging out too long but i don't really feel like we've gotten to that point yet and if monken came back for this you know upcoming season I think that could still be a good thing even if pretty clearly Munkin has his eye on other spots as I said a little earlier, earlier this week during the show hey maybe you use this season as a as a way of um uh as a way of helping Munkin get the NFL job he actually does want so you benefit from one more year maybe you allow Munkin to benefit from that too that that as it stands Munkin has just been really good at his job but maybe not quite as famous for his success as maybe he should have been maybe if he does come back that's what 2023 could be about mobile dog checks in to say he has to agree with the previous commenter billy that expectations for coaches shouldn't be different than they are for players if he's not quote connected it's time to move on munkin included yeah as I said before you know i don't think everybody in your program can be here on a transactional basis but i think some of them kind of can be that you have to have a program culture and that culture is created by people who are really locked in but 
you know, I don't know the the, the level of buy-in is going to necessarily be the same across the board. And you know, there's something to be said for professionalism. You know, maybe at different points in your life, you have maybe had a job that you liked less well than you liked other jobs. But if you're professional, you still sort of do your job, even if you're at a place you're not, you know, maybe it's not your ideal, ideal employer, your ideal landing spot. You still sort of do your job because that's what a professional does. And so I, I guess from that standpoint, I would sort of value Munkin's professionalism, his commitment to his craft, more so than I would value his commitment to UGA, because there are plenty of people who would be willing to be loyal to Georgia they just simply might not cut it in terms of being a successful coach. And so to rank loyalty as the most important characteristic of, of any employee of, of Kirby Smarts, I'd say that's misunderstanding the actual nature of, of the assignment, that the most important characteristic of any coach at Georgia is the ability to do the job. And whether you kind of view this as a short-term or a long-term proposition, either way, while you're here, are you capable of doing the job? And if Munkin comes back for 2023, the good news is that George would have a capable coach. And maybe that means it's only one more year and he really is looking to move on after that. But I would say that doesn't worry me too much if that is indeed the case. So good comments as always. Of course, we appreciate you being here as part of our podcast, Cool Down. Y'all can find R.S. Andrews online, rsandrews.com for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, and electric needs. They will show up on time. They'll do the work that's promised. The price is promised. You can trust R.S. Andrews on that. And if your heating system, uh, when it gets cold here this winter, it hasn't been super cold this week, but it still gets a little cool at night, so maybe you have your heat turned on at night. And if you're worried about your heating system not helping you make it through the winter that's still on its way, we'll go ahead and get it tuned back up to Factory Fresh Specs with our friends at R.S. Andrews. You can find them online, rsandrews.com, for a lot more on that. They can get it tuned back up, keep you warm, get some new life out of that old unit, and it only costs you 99 bucks. So check out R.S. Andrews online today at rsandrews.com. Have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow at Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. We'll look forward to talking to you then.